going to be going to Luke chapter 4. I'll be reading through verses 14 through 21. There, say amen. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all of the region round about. And he taught in the synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet, a prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And he said in Luke 4:18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind and set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day, I want you to shout, this day, day. is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. For a few moments, I want to speak on this topic, this day, this day. Before you're seated, I wonder if you could, as we celebrate the present, if we had put our Bibles down, and I wonder if we could put our hands together and celebrate and give God praise for where he has us, what he's doing, what he's doing in this church and through this church. Come on, God's doing great things. Hallelujah, this day, it's this day. This is our day. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, may be seated. This day, every day, God is good all the time. And all the time, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Why? Because God never changes. Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Every day when you wake up, you can declare what Psalms 118.24 says, this is the day which the Lord hath made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. His word tells me that his mercies are new every morning. Lamentations 3.22, that it is of the Lord's mercies that are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We must understand this morning that God never has bad days. God never has off days. But from the human perspective, not all days are equal. Can I get an amen? Amen. Not all days are equal. While God is good every day, not every day is a good day in our book. Understand that every day is part of God's plan, but his plan does not come to fulfillment every day. I'll say that again. Understand that every day is a part of God's plan. You believe that? 
everything you go through, every single thing you face, every, every valley you walk in, every mountaintop you're on, every single day is a part of God's plan. But his plan does not come to fulfillment every day. That is why we should not be weary in well-doing. Galatians 6 and 9, it says, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. It's like in the days of Noah. The Lord waited in the days of Noah. The scripture says this in 1 Peter 3.20, which sometime were disobedient, which are when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. It was on a single day that the Lord shut the door of the ark. It was on a single day that it started to rain and the flood covered the earth. Genesis 7 and 11, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Noah could have said, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. You see the people, let's look here, uh, the deliverance uh, of the people of Israel from bondage in Egypt. Uh, the people of Israel were in Egypt and their bondage for over 400 years. Uh, things had been very bad for a very long time. And the Jewish people cried out to God because of the persecution and the cruel bondage uh, that they were in. But God had a process to bring Egypt to their knees. And while the judgment of Egypt seemed to be delayed, Israel suffered severely. But on that first Passover night, the Lord poured out, he poured out the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn. And Israel was delivered from the Egyptian bondage that day. Many days add up to this day. And those many that led up to this day moment actually matters. Every day that led up to that moment mattered in time for them. It is important that you know that when God is working and that, that you don't miss your moment when God is trying to work. When this day comes, we cannot afford to be asleep at the wheel as a church, but we must be awake in position to, to receive what God has for us in that day. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and tell them, wake up, this is our day. This is our day. Speaking of being asleep, I want you to look at the deliverance from Babylon when the Lord turned captivity to Babylon and they were like men who dreamed. They were dreaming. It was almost too good to be true. It says in Psalms 126 and 1, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, that we were like them that dreamed. It was, it's gotta be a dream. This can't be happening. 70 years of waiting for the day of their release, but it happened on a single day. You could point to a single day. It was this day that it happened. The birth of Jesus, which was prophesied about all the way back in the Garden of Eden. And in with the very first sin 
In Genesis 3.15, the Lord promised that the seed of the woman or the descendant of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. It was prophesied about what was going to happen someday. But decades and centuries and nothing happened. Time and days went on and nothing had taken place. There was, there was no bruising of the head of the serpent yet. And throughout the Old Testament, prophecies pointed to the time and the place for the Messiah to be born. But it seemed as if it might never come to pass. It was a long wait, centuries of waiting and hoping when was this going to take place. But here was prophecy given in the Psalms when the Lord said, this day have I begotten thee. There was a day when the Holy Spirit would overshadow Mary as we talked about last week which was received in her. That there was a seed we talked about last week that was placed inside of her on a certain day that was prophesied about that was received from the Holy Ghost himself. Paul wrote in Galatians, Galatians 4, 4 and 5, it says, but when the fullness of the time was come, Catch that? When the fullness of the time, whose time? God's time was come. God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. After all of that waiting, there was a single day, a single day in Bethlehem that a baby Jesus was born that was gonna change all of history. There was one single day when he came into this earth. And I want us to understand this morning that he came that the world and the sinners in the world might be saved. He came for that purpose. I want us to understand that it doesn't go on forever, but in due season, you will reap that which God has promised unto you. It might not happen when you think it's gonna happen. It might not have happened 50 years ago. It might not have happened 108 years ago, but I'm telling you, in due season, in this day, God is saying now is the hour, now is the time. In this day, I will fulfill the promise. Somebody shout this day. I wanna encourage somebody by telling you that God knows what he is doing. In case you've ever wondered, God knows what he is doing. There is a day that we're all waiting on. There is a day coming. The writer of Hebrews tells us that there is coming a day when Jesus is coming to take his people away. In Hebrews chapter 10 it says, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. You may think that the coming of the Lord is afar off. You may think it keeps getting put off. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know when it's gonna take place. Is he coming today? Is he coming tomorrow? Will we see tomorrow? Will we see 10 years from now? We don't understand this, but for First, first Corinthians tells me this, chapter 15, that in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, in the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Hear me this morning, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if we faint not. I wanna tell somebody this morning, keep on keeping on, keep on keeping on, keep on putting 
pushing. It might be hard, but keep on pushing. Keep on stepping. Keep on pushing back. Knowing that there is coming a this day moment for your life and for this church. There is coming a this day moment. I believe we're living in it now. Somebody shout this day. This day for this church. I believe that this day, this season in the history of Life Point Pentecostals is a significant season where the prophecies and the promises in the history of this church, that the labor that has gone on since the beginning back in 1915 in a little old tent meeting, that this, this day God is bringing together something significant for our time. And that's why that it's my mission to make sure as your pastor that we do not miss this day for this church. It is my mission to make sure that you're not sleeping at the wheel. It is my mission to make sure that you're not distracted with some spirit trying to distract you or some nonsense of the world right now that's going on around us. It does not matter. It does not matter who's elected to any office. It does not matter who's sitting in any office. It does not matter. It does not matter what's going on in the world around us. When God says this is the day for this church, then this is the day for this church. Nothing will stop us. Nothing will hold us back but God is saying this day is for you this day all those years waiting on the promise and God is saying this day the promise is fulfilled the promise is fulfilled I want us to look our opening text Luke 4 begins with the temptations of Jesus in the beginning of his early ministry and Jesus was taught in the synagogues and, and, and those local Jewish churches and, and then came to the hometown, his hometown of Nazareth. It says in Luke 14, 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now I want to take a second, point out just a few things here couple important things first off according to this scripture Jesus went to church <laughs> Come on. but the Bible says it's right there it also tells me that it was his custom to go to church God in the flesh made church attendance a non-negotiable habit. Amen. If we're truly going to call ourselves Christians, meaning Christ-like, then we have to make some non-negotiable habits in our life that when it's Sunday, that's not baseball day. That's not football day. That's not relaxed day. That's not kick back in the lazy boy day. That, that's not hanging out day. But what that is, you say if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. That I'm gonna go to the house of the Lord and I'm gonna get together with the body of Christ and I'm gonna make it a habit that when the doors are open, I'm gonna be in his presence. Amen. If it was his custom, it's gonna be mine. Amen. Not just periodically, but or when it was convenient, but it was his custom. 
Every synagogue service featured Bible readings and, and one from the law and there was one from the prophets. Jesus stood up to read, making a request of the ruler of the synagogue to be the person to read from the prophets. And the attendant gave Jesus the sacred scroll of the book of Isaiah. And Jesus found the place that would be for us, Isaiah 61 in our Bibles today, and he began to read this. Verse 18, it says the spirit, picture this, imagine this, that Jesus began to read this. Jesus stands up and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I don't know about you, but I, I just, I would say that when he spoke those words, something shifted in the atmosphere in that room. I was to hold up. I've heard this read before, but I never felt this before. What's taking place? He said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Understand that this was the mission of Jesus. He's reading the mission of Jesus. He was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He was anointed to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that were bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what he's there for. But then, in Luke 4 and 20, it says he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. They're saying there's something different about that man. What did we just feel? It is fascinating that Jesus stopped reading before Isaiah wrote these words in Isaiah 61 and two. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. To understand that over 2,000 years separated those two phrases, that everyone was looking at Jesus saying, hold on, I've heard that read so many different times, but when other people read it, I just didn't feel that. He was seated at this moment. He sits down as was the custom of the teacher. And Jesus said this once he was seated. He said, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. People had been wondering, what? What did he just say? He said, everything I just read to you, everything I just read to you, this day, this day, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Isaiah's book was written between 741 and 701 BC, approximately 700 years before the time of Christ. The prophecy that Jesus read had been sitting on God's prophetic shelf in storage, ready to be released at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus on that day. For 700 years, 700 years, those words were true, but they were not fulfilled until the ministry of Jesus began. 700 years. 
That's a long time. This passage in Isaiah 61 and Luke 4 contain the imagery of the year of Jubilee when captives would be set free, debts would be forgiven, land would be restored to families. It was a year of rest for the people and the land. Jesus said, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Your ears. Not all days are equal. Not all seasons in the life of a church are equal. I don't know about you, but I would say very confidently in my life that not every day has been equal. Anybody had good days? Anybody had bad days? I want us to look at the days of life point just over the past seven years. I have served as pastor at life point since October 6th, 2016. It'll be seven years this coming Friday that we have served here. In case you're wondering, that is approximately 365 weeks and 2,557 days that I have served as your pastor. Now, I would like to say like Jacob did when he worked for seven years for Rachel. He said in Genesis 29 and 20, he said, it seemed unto him but, but a few days. But Jacob, Jacob also woke up one day and said, who are you and where is Rachel? I've had those days where I thought, who are you? And where did the honeymoon stage go? I had many of pastors tell me, oh brother, you're just in the honeymoon stage. Oh, come on. No, I'm not. The honeymoon stage lasted for a couple months. They told me it would last for five years. <laughs> they must have had a good honeymoon. We faced some hell in that first year. If you know, you know. We went through some major things. There were some days I woke up and I was staring Leah in the face and I was like, give me back Rachel. Please don't take this wrong. Please do not. If you know my heart, if you know me, you know, you know me. I'm not saying to pat myself on the back, but I'm saying what I'm getting ready to say to thank God for the assurance of his will in my life and in my family's life. Out of those 2,557 days that we have served here, my wife and I, we've had some bad days, but we've never questioned if we were in the will of God by serving this great church. Not one day, not from when we were asked to come. On that day, when Brother Bob, you called me. I was sitting in a hospital room 
sitting there looking at my new baby boy who was just born a couple hours before that. Hudson, you were just a new baby when we came here. Friday will be your birthday. And now, since I mentioned you in my sermon, I owe you $5. (laughs) Happy birthday. I held in my arms that day one of the will of God for my life to raise that little baby. But a phone call came a couple hours later that would change our life forever. When I answered that phone call, Brother Bob said, Pastor, welcome home. We voted and it was 100% to come down and pastor this church. I told my pastor on the day you all were voting, he said, how do you feel about it? He always called me Brother Bear. He said, Brother Bear, how do you feel about it? I said, well, pastor, if they vote and it is 100%, I will go. But if if it is not, I'm staying. And he looked at me and he said, Brother Bear, that never happens. I said, pastor, if it's the will of God, it will. If we were voting yes or no on the number of days that we thought we were supposed to be here or if we were supposed to be somewhere else doing something else for the kingdom of God, the vote would be yes for life point 2,557 times over and it would be zero for somewhere else. Our vote, our family's vote, I want you to know is unanimous for life point in our life because this is where we're supposed to be. It is that assurance that has kept us through the good days and through the rough days. Brother G.A. Mangan used to ask missionary candidates this when they would come before the board to see if they could become a missionary. He would ask them this question. He said, do you have a burden or do you have a call? And he said this, a burden can lift, but a call will keep you. Thank you, Jesus for the assurance of a call to Athens, Ohio to do a work for God because it has kept me through the good days. It has kept me through the bad days and it's gonna keep me for years to come of what we're gonna face and what we're gonna go through in our great victories. There's an assurance. But I understand that not all days are equal. Every day of those 2,557 days has been a day that the Lord has made. Some days didn't feel like good days, but I have a strong belief that we need to have some special days, and we've had some special days around here. Throughout the course of a year, we like to have some big events, and we do that. We have some big events, special events. And when you look back over your life, I promise you that you will not remember every single day that you've lived. Some of you husbands think my wife does. She remembers everything. But I promise you, what you're going to remember are those really good days. And you're going to remember those really bad days. 
because not all days are equal. Not all seasons in life or in the life of a church are equal. There are some good days that are special. You see, I thought about significant seasons of this church just since we've been here. And if you give me a moment, I want to share these with you. Because some of you, you haven't been here the whole time for the last seven years. In 2016, when we arrived in October 2016, an average Sunday attendance was roughly 35 to 40 people. We had about five children in our Sunday school classroom. Classroom, singular. We had one classroom. In 2017, we were striving to break that 50 mark in a Sunday service. And in 2017, we did it. And we were pushing to hit the 75 mark. And we did it. And in 2017, I remember I was standing right up here preaching a message when the Lord laid it on my heart that we needed to do something, some kind of community outreach. And I mentioned while preaching two weeks prior to Easter that I would love if we could do a community Easter egg hunt. I said, but maybe we can wait till next year. But this church rallied together and they made it happen in two weeks. And we had 500 people from the community right out here in this parking lot that we were mingling with. In 2018, I remember telling Sister Sherry Turley that who's no longer with us. I remember telling her, don't, don't tell me. At the end of every service, she would tell me, we hit this number, we hit this number. I said, Sister Sherry, do not tell me what we hit until we hit the 100 mark. Don't tell me. I don't want you to come tell me. She said, okay, pastor, I won't tell you. And I remember, I was standing right here. I was dismissing the service. I knew there was a good group here that morning. I wasn't quite sure what it was. And as soon as I said, you're dismissed in Jesus' name, shake somebody's hand, I love every single one of you. As soon as I said that and set the mic down, Sister Sherry said, Pastor! Pastor, I thought, my Lord, what's wrong? There's something going on in the back of the church. I thought, I, I thought what is it? She said, we did it. We did it. We hit 102 today. <laughs> that following year, I'm sorry, in 2018, we did it again. We had an Easter egg hunt. And we had over 1,500 people show up in this parking lot. Yep. <laughs> and the lieutenant of the state higher patrol showed up. <laughs> I was standing out on Route 50 in the middle thinking, dear God, what are we going to do? Because people were parked on the side of the road and across the street, we were busting them over. People were walking across Route 50 with their children. And I'm like, this is going to be horrible. We're going to make the news. This is not going to be good. And the State High Patrol pulled up. And I didn't realize it was the lieutenant. But I heard him yell across the street to the gentleman behind me, helping me direct people safely across the road. He said, who's in charge of this event? And without hesitation, that man turned around and he said, he is. (laughs) 
That gentleman's no longer at this church, but it's not because I kicked him out, I promise. I thought, wow, that, bu that bus rolled up quick, but it just rolled me over. I see how it is. And he walked up and he said, what are you doing? And I was excited. I said, we've got 1,500 people. We're reaching the community. We're just trying to give back. I said, we're giving away candy. We're giving away bikes. We got bounce houses. We're giving away hot dogs. And he said, that's great, but you can't do this. I said, what? He said, you're shutting Route 50 down. I said, yeah, you're right. It just didn't go how I had it planned. We had 500 last year. There's 1,500 this year. We didn't know that was going to happen. He said, well, then here's what you've got to do. You've got to scale this back or take it somewhere else. And I said, yes, sir. We will do that next year. Because <laughs> it's kind of late today to do that. Good luck getting 1,500 people away from free bikes and food and bounce houses and cotton candy. It was that same year at the end of 2018 that we obeyed the voice of the Lord and we set out to plant our first of many daughter works in Middleport, Ohio. In 2019, we baptized 12 individuals and three received the Holy Ghost in Middleport. In 2019, I listened to the lieutenant and we moved to the fairgrounds for the Easter egg hunt. That year, we stopped counting because we ran out of tickets at 2,500 people. This church fed and loved on 2,500 plus individuals of this city and surrounding areas. And because of that, because of that, today, Courtney, Jimmy, and Mackenzie are sitting on these chairs. It was a lot of work, a lot of time, and a lot of effort, but three souls. Mackenzie, you were worth it. Jimmy, you were worth it. Courtney, you were worth it. And now all of you serve in the kingdom of God. Look what the Lord has done. Woo! Twenty twenty rolled around. I know what y'all are thinking. Oh dear God, that year. But you know what God did in the midst of twenty twenty. We paid off a loan of $108,000 in six months' time to own our new property. Tell me God won't do it. In the middle, in the middle of a pandemic, he said there's a pandemic going on, but this day, this day, Nothing's going to stop me. This day, I will give you blessings. I will pour it out from heaven. I will be your provider this day in the middle of the mess. In 2021, we raised over $50,000 to start work on the property and clear trees that need to be moved to build a new building. 
In 2022, one of the greatest things we did is we raised over $45,000 to purchase a brand new van, free and clear, to pick people up and bring them to church. In 2023, we remodeled the sanctuary to see what you have today. We went from 180 in our capacity in our seats to hold comfortably 200 people in this room. We were making room for souls. We're making room. You gave over $10,000 to purchase new chairs for now and you did it to sow a seed of faith that one of these chairs is gonna hold a lost soul or maybe one of your backslidden family members. You were sowing a seed into the future of this church and the present of this church. And three months ago, God said to me now, this day, this season is for you to move forward. A couple years ago, a couple years ago on a trip that I was on, it was not by accident that a man I had never met before was on the same trip. He was a full-time evangelist. I had no idea. I stayed up till three o'clock in the morning speaking to this man and I was sharing with him the future of this church. I was showing him the layout of the building. Had no idea that he was a church consultant that helped people to actually fulfill the promises that God has given them in their churches. He never mentioned it to me. He didn't say anything to me. And I wonder, God, why didn't he say anything? And I realized that it wasn't that time for it to happen. But a few months ago, I called him up and I said, I need to talk to you about something. And I said, I, I feel that it is now time and I hear that you or a church consultant. He said, yes, I am. I said, why did you not mention that two years ago when we were up talking to early in the morning about this? He said, because I didn't feel it was time to mention it to you. Amen. I'm thankful to have people in my life to operate in God's timing yeah. and operate in the Holy Ghost. And three months ago when I reached out to him, I said, I wanna start talking to you about a campaign for our church the Lord has spoken and now is the time for us to move forward. We hung up that phone call and I felt it in my heart, but I didn't say anything to me. And he called right back and he said, he said, bro, listen. He said, God, God is pushing me to tell you we cannot wait, but now is the time for your church to move forward. And I said, thank you for calling back and telling me that because I didn't want to tell you, but I wanted you to tell me. Three months ago, our church hired a church consultant by the name of Brother Marvin Mitchell who will be preaching here in a few weeks. He is our church consultant and we have put together over the last three months, I know a lot of people have been wondering what has been going on on Wednesday nights, people getting up in the middle of pastor speaking and leaving and walking out. It's not because they didn't hear what I had to say, I promise. But for over three months now, almost three months, 
We have had multiple teams of almost 40 people that make up the Promise campaign team that have been working diligently behind the scenes to make things happen to get us to the point where we're at today. And I would like for a second that if you're a part of the Promise campaign team, will you stand so we can say thank you to you today for everything that you have done over this last few weeks, thank, last few months. Thank you. I stood in the room downstairs and our first time we met and I looked around that room and I realized it dawned on me that seven years ago what was sitting in that room is what we would have been sitting in the sanctuary on a Sunday morning. Put that into perspective of what God has done. Over the last seven years there's been new ministries that have launched. When we got here, when we arrived in Athens there was no youth group. So I began to pray, God, send me a youth pastor. I didn't know it, and he didn't know it, but he was actually sitting on our pew every Sunday. And his wife would be coming home to Athens soon so that the Lord could bring them together as they lead our young people into a great revival. Now every Wednesday they hear the word of God, and their classroom is full on a Wednesday night. Look what the Lord has done. This day, we started the International Fellowship Ministry, a ministry dedicated to serving the international community in our city and on our campus. We launched this, and every year, hundreds of items, uh, as coats, blankets, sheets, food, and much more, is given to assist those who are transitioning from home to Athens as their new home. And we're so thankful to have the international community as a part of our church right here at LifePoint. Thank you for making this your home. We have launched new ministries such as our safety team. And they come in, their ministry, and it is a ministry. Their goal is to keep us safe, to allow us to worship the Lord with, with nothing else on our minds but simply worshiping the Lord. And I thank them today. Our nursery, when we got here, we did not have a nursery. So we remodeled the upstairs to extend our sound room and our media room, which your team up there would not be able to fit in together today if we would have not have done that. Amen. But I felt of the Lord to do this two months in and we began to knock walls out and we began to remodel the upstairs and we made a nursery and now we have a dedicated space for our nursery for our kiddos to be every Sunday. Family ministries was something that we did not have around here that we launched just a couple years ago. And this includes the joy group, the singles ministry, the marriage ministry. There is something at this church for everybody. Every individual in this church, there is a ministry for you to be a part of. The music team. We talked about this earlier in my office. When we arrived here, the music team consisted of me leading worship, Sister B in the piano, and Brother Bob playing guitar. That was worship. That's what we had, and we flowed with it. But we prayed, God send us help, and God send us help. And I want to take a moment and tell you that just last week, we had a guest that was here that I've known for many years. They were just driving through, and they stopped in. And after church, they grabbed me, and they said, I want to tell you something. 
They said, we, we travel all over in our retirement and we stop at a lot of different UPCI churches, large churches, small churches. They said, last week we were just at a church of about 2,500 people. And he said, I want you to know that what you guys do here, your music, your media, your sound, he said, is on the same level, if not better, than what they do in a church of 2,500 people. Look what the Lord has done. He said, they're anointed. He said, they make it easy to worship the Lord. That's what it's about, to have a team that's anointed, led by God. God has been good to us. Over the last couple years, the Lord had led me to incorporate the five-fold ministry in our church. Starting last year, I have strategically brought in the voice of the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the teacher, and pastor into the pulpit to strengthen us as a church body. God has been good to this church. But I will say that I know not all days are equal. Because in 2018, we attempted to purchase our new property. But I was told that we couldn't build a church on that site. That's what the realtor told me. For almost one year, we went back and forth with the owner and the realtor trying to make that purchase. And finally, November 2019, we signed the papers and purchased that land. But it was a fight. Things were looking up. Our attendance was up. We had new property and we started looking to what was needed to build. And then COVID happened. On March 13, 2020, the church building shut down for a season that we were forced to have church on our couches in our living rooms on a screen. And what we had built in Middleport, that it, came, it became to begin to fade away as the saints began to lose track of what was going on down there and begin to fade off and move away, and we lost contact with them. We lost some precious saints of the LP family through 2020 and 2021. In 2021, we lost our church building in Middleport due to the owner wanting to sell the building. And our daughter work at that time was homeless. Our daughter was homeless. But even on those days and those seasons, I understood that those days were still made by God for the purpose of God. Even though they weren't easy days to navigate, we never stopped dreaming of what God was going to do through this church. And here we are today. Middleport now has a community building that we are allowed to use free of charge. And every Thursday night, there's a Bible study being taught to the community in the church. Revival is still coming to Middleport. I said revival is still coming to Middleport. Our daughter work is still gonna thrive. It's still gonna happen. Come on. There were many days that we all have driven by the sign down here that reads future home of Life Point Pentecostals. And we have wondered, when, God, when? People in the community keep asking me, when? When's it gonna happen? When? Uh, when? I've stood off my back property and looked down and said, God, when's it going to happen? When? It, but God has a plan. Hear me this morning. God has a plan. He has a purpose for every day leading up to this day. And this day, this day 
This day is the time that God is saying now is the time. You might not have understood it then, but you'll understand it now. That now is the day. This day the promise is fulfilled in your ears. This day. This day. Give me just a few moments. I'm almost done. I, I want to give you some stats of the church we can rejoice over. That, that we, have, we have welcomed between four and 500 first-time guests between 2016 and 2023. There has been 177 people that we have noted that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time. Come on, that's something to rejoice about. That was some of you. That was some of your children. We have baptized almost 200 people in the name of Jesus in seven years. That also was some of you. You have given. Now listen, I want to share something with you. When I got here, I got a letter from the headquarters that said, congratulations, I don't know how many years they were saying throughout the history of the church that we had given $70,000 to missions as a church when I first got here. I want you to understand in the past seven years, you have given almost $70,000 to missions as a church. Sowing into others, sowing into the seed and the soil of others. That we have raised almost $300,000 in capital campaigns through seven years. You said, what? Yes, we have. God has been good to us. After I was going through these, these stats, the song just kept coming back to my mind. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Can we sing it one more time? All my life you have been faithful. Sing it to him. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. God is so good to us. God has been so good to us. God has been so good to us. God has been so good to us. So to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This day is a special day. There are days like the one described in Luke 4 when the plans of God mature and become a reality in this day. It is this day the scripture is fulfilled. It is like the day of Pentecost that was fully come. It says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. We can't miss our moment. I close with this right here. I want to talk to you about the story of Lazarus. Lazarus in the past and the future. 
and Martha and what took place. I want us to resist the tendency to, to relegate God's promises to another day, push them off to another day. When Lazarus, the friend of Jesus, died, Jesus intended to raise Lazarus from the dead. You see, the past, when Jesus talked to Martha, the sister of Lazarus, the first thing that she did, the first thing she did was point out the past. John eleven twenty one. 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, if you'd have been here four days ago, Jesus, my brother wouldn't be dead. But Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Yeah. Well, you know what Martha did then? Martha went from the past. She stepped over the present and she went to the future. She said, yes. In verse 24, Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day. I know that day's coming, Jesus, but you weren't here, Jesus. You weren't here, and I know he's coming. But Jesus said, I am. He said in verse 25 unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And Jesus turned around and raised Lazarus from the dead because that day was a day for a miracle. I want to relocate, hear me right now. I want to relocate your faith in the God of the past to the God of this day. I know he did it for them. I know he did great miracles for those that we talked about last Sunday. I know that he, we've had great miracles take place, that that was good. But I want to relocate your faith from what he did for them to now in this day. And I want to bring your faith in God of the future, of what he's going to do for this church out in the future. And I want you to bring that faith back to the God of this day. Because Jesus said, this day, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. This day, in Luke 4, 21, and he began to say it unto them, and I say it unto you today, that this scripture, this day, this scripture, this day, this promise that has been spoken over this church, the promise that has been spoken over this congregation for years to come now, this day, the promise in this season, the promise is fulfilled in your ears. It is fulfilled. Life Point Pentecost we are living in a significant season in the history of this church. This day, prophecies are coming to pass. This day, plans are coming together. While we've been waiting, God has been working. This is our day. This is our hour. This day, this day, this is the day for our church. This is the day to seize the day, seize the day. I'm not gonna be like Martha and let's say, oh God, you've done it back then. Thankful for what you did. And I know you're gonna do something great in the future, God. Thank you for what you're gonna do. I thank you for that. But I wish today, not just for this church, 
but for every individual and every family in this room today. There are some of you in this room that you've been waiting on God to answer something. There are some of you in this room that you are surviving on what God did in the past for you. And you're looking out to the future hoping that God's gonna bring it again. But I want you to hear me today that this day is your day. This day is your day. Life point, this day, this season, this hour, you are here on purpose. You are here for a reason because this day is the day that the promise shall be fulfilled in this church. If you believe that today, will you stand and will you walk to this altar in faith that God, not years from now, not years from now, and God not looking back. If you remember last Sunday, I said it's time for us to stop looking back at the past and turn around and start walking in the present that God has for us, which will lead to our future. It is now that we start walking in the present miracles and the present fulfillment of the promises. It is now for your family. It is now for you as individuals. It is now, this day is our day. This is our day, our day. Right now, I want you, whether it be your family, if you'll partner up with somebody next to you right now, I want you to begin to pray for that person next to you that we will shift our faith from past, from future, to present now to what God is doing now in this church and I want you to pray for that person next to you that to, that their faith will be elevated right now to know that God is doing it now in our church this day the, the promise will be fulfilled this day it shall come to pass this day God I thank you for what you've done God I thank you for what you've done Lord in the past I thank you God what you've done even the past seven years God but this season we're in right now God this is God this is divine God appointment that you have placed upon this church for this day God for the promise to be fulfilled God in this hour in this day God this day this day it will be fulfilled this day I believe it I believe it, God. God, build our faith right now. Build our faith, God. Build our faith, Lord. God, knowing that we're living in it, God. We're living in the hour. This is the day, God. God, this is the day of salvation for those who are lost. This is the day, God, for this church to reach out beyond these four walls, God. This is the day, God. God, to go out and spread the gospel, Lord. This is the day of salvation. This is the day of the promise, Lord. This is the day we've been waiting for. This is a day of harvest, God. This is the day. This is the day. This day, God. This day, God. This day. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.